Mackenzie is dead and McCallie don't know and McCallie is dead and Mackenzie don't know it. The both men are dead lying in the same bed. That's why they don't know that the other is dead. <laughs> That's really good. That's he, really good. Thank you. He had like There's more two, to it, no, isn't there? Yeah, it seems yes. short. No, okay. There's like... how many beers are being... Yes, and there's like three or four parts to it. And there's something about a three-legged table and a goose to hatch. And I couldn't, and my dad just can't remember it. So, but I got that part out. And I remembered that from him telling me that when I was like five years old. That's really cute. Oh, all right. Well, welcome back, Agnes. This is like your third time back. Third time. I think yeah. it's third time, yeah. But we have a newbie now. So Leanne's here. Yeah. Design, thanks for having design me. theory, right? Yeah. And we kind of maybe met, didn't meet, possibly. Know each other's businesses. That's basically you know, yeah, I think so. followed along, listened to the podcast. Yeah, She's an avid listener. Avid listener. Really? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I apologize I for all the profanity that's been going <laughs> well, on. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. I listen past those things and get to the good stuff, the content. <laughs> I'm curious. Can you tell me which shows kind of stand out for you? Well, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, I don't know uh, about one in particular. I think there was one. Listen, I don't even know all of them. <laughs> Look, being on a construction site, dealing with the interior design side of things, yep. it's interesting to hear how designers are interpreted on a job site. So anytime there's a conversation, good or bad, about the designer's role, and some things I really fight back about in my own head and scream back at the podcast for... Um, those are the episodes that I like to hear. I like to hear how a designer is represented from another perspective. I, I just want to let everybody know that I've consciously been reaching out to yourselves and, and also other designers yeah. that come on the show. Yeah. You guys are a shy bunch. You just, you're like framers. You don't want to be on the mic. Look, it's always an excuse. We're a busy bunch. Everybody in busy. I can, I I, I'm fortunate enough to get like deck builders on this show and yeah. it's deck building season right yeah. now. So if I can get them on this show in May, I can get designers. And I think designers sometimes are afraid to be put on the spot. What's the concern? You <laughs> might say know. something wrong or something? No, I think we're very aware of the fact that people think that we come in and think we own <laughs> job sites and Spend bill for money, every hour yeah. that we do and that every moment we step on is accounted for. Oh, you so, haven't spoken to electricians then. It's so far from the truth that we're misrepresented. That's why I want to get more of you on the show. Well, we'll come back and do a full design theory. I would love yeah. to do a design roundtable. We'll have yeah. four different designers on the show. That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. That'd, yeah. be amazing. Yeah. That'd be amazing conversation. Yeah, yeah. because then you can set, get that perspective of yeah. what it's like working from that side of it, trying you know, to make all, all the, the pieces fit. All yeah. the tradespeople will listen to that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they would. And I think it wouldn't actually hurt to have designers and trades together or designers. And well, it might be too many conversations, too to many put, chefs I, in the I'd kitchen. I'd have to put sharp objects out of the way. Like <laughs> <laughs> it would be a long episode. <laughs> Everybody being like in padded suits yeah. or something just in case. But it's a great idea. Trust yeah. me, I would love to do that. Yeah. But we take advantage of it. Like when Build or any of those kind of associations have that type of you thing. Guys can talk to. We sit with other contractors, designers yeah. and contractors together and air out our issues and, and it's, it's successful yeah and i think also letting people know what the process is for uh designers because i think there's this conception of well it's just fluffy like there's yeah. a lot of fluffy stuff it's like well no, no designers know building code they know how things work they know the constructability of a site or a project well they, they should and you know then there's the coordination component and the budgeting and the scheduling like they're they're pretty all encompassing some yeah. Poor ones make us look bad to the rest of. But that's construction you know. in yeah. general, right? Or yeah. that's actually any industry yeah. in general, right? Any so industry, yeah. It's fine. But let's get on with the show. So welcome yeah. back and 
Hello. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Construction Life. Uh, so let me give out the deets right here. So Agnes is back from Next Gen Women, and you guys are starting. This is a new thing that you guys are starting? or As of December 2022, okay, uh, so Next Gen Women launched. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So then now you've got uh, nextgen-women.com, and then nextgenprofessional.com, and then your email is agnes at nextgenprofessional.com, and then on Instagram to find the Next Gen Women is ngwomen. Yeah. Uh, on Instagram, but then you have your own, which is Next Gen Jobs. Yeah, and that's that's the recruitment firm that recruitment I own. Firm, yeah. Yeah. Well, but we're going to talk about women and construction, and we're going to get into that whole uh, world. And then Leanne's here. I don't I don't try with last names. Tamaro. That's it, Tamaro, right? <laughs> and then uh, so your designer, uh, it's designtheory.ca, Leanne at designtheory.ca, and on Instagram it's designtheory.ca. Twelve years, okay. Twelve yeah. years. Twelve years. Twelve years. Yeah. But you guys knew each other from Halifax? This or you is guys the story. No. This is the story. Take it away. <laughs> the origin story. Okay. The origin. Um, so Leanne and I met about 12 years ago. And Leanne's actually the first person to hire me into construction. So oh. I think it was your first job or around your first job in yeah. construction as well. One of my first jobs out of design school at a large firm in the city. And I was working in the project management side of things. Yeah. And so I was... Uh, tasked with recruiting other project coordinators and people to come in and help run that side of the business. Yeah. And you had no idea that both of you were from the East Coast? No. Oh, no, not at the time. Not at the time. No. No. It was a proper interview, very formalized interview, big boardroom that was gorgeous. Um, (laughs) I was super intimidated. But uh, yeah, we we had a great connection at at the interview. And I shortly, I think it was like two weeks later, I was working for you. Yeah. 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 Well, it wasn't for me, but it was, it was in that department. D- department, yeah. yeah. But I worked closely with Leanne for about three or four years. But you um, were making the decision, yay or nay, if this person's going to be coming in, and you were probably interviewing a bunch of people. Yeah, I was interviewing a few people with another um, person in the firm, and we just kind of, because Agnes, was her role was going to work so closely with my role, yeah. it was to make sure that personality-wise and comfort level was there. So yeah, she was great. Yeah, and that was fun. And we had a lot, like starting off in uh, design or or starting off in construction, knowing that you've got somebody who's kind of going through the weeds with you. Um, I remember, uh, you know, just not really knowing what I was doing really at a project coordinator level being like, hey, so you asked me to do this. Can you support me or help me? And she was great at that. She's she's really great at explaining things. So it worked out well. And then you guys figured out that, east coast and i think that came a little bit later that actually came like further down the road when we after i had left that firm and started my own company with my business partner adolfina um we both came out of that firm together and agnes and i always stayed in touch there was just like a connection there and we're like let's not let this slide let's stay in touch and we've both been like from the very beginning networkers and we love building relationships connecting all of those kind of things and so we stayed in touch and time passed and would come and go and we'd see each other. And, and that was the start yeah, of a really supportive business yeah. relationship. We, we both, I think, throughout the last, um, after, after you left, um, you know, you had ventured off and became an entrepreneur. And I thought that was like the scariest thing ever. I was like, oh my God, what is she doing? Like, this is just crazy. And you were super successful at it. So, you know, kudos to you for that. Um, and then I got my opportunity to go out on my own and, and be an entrepreneur. And she was my backbone for that. Cause you know, you're asking questions that are really organic yeah. because every entrepreneur has their own journey and goes through kind of, again, the weeds on different things. And I'd go to her and say, you know, I'm, I'm starting this new venture or I'm doing this new idea or I'm doing this new project. 
have you been through that? Have you experienced something like that? So we had a lot of this sort of mutual support. And I, I feel like you would come to me with some always. Yeah. Questions, yeah. concerns. So I think there's a bit of um, respect mm-hmm. that we have for each other's opinions. Um, so she's probably my first phone call on like speed out when something hits the fan, like, Oh my God. <laughs> but both ways, like it's turned out to be this relationship where we kind of admire each other, you know? And yeah. so because we admire each other and our drive and all the things that we're trying to do, we have a bazillion ideas all the time. Yep. We're the person that we go to, to help say, is this real? Like, is this something that could actually happen? Or are we crazy? Like, what are we thinking about? The so. amount of times over a glass of wine. I'm like, so just spitball in here. <laughs> <laughs> what if? And she's like, oh my God. <laughs> glass or bottles? <laughs> let's go with the ladder. Yeah, 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 always. So yeah, we're gonna talk a lot about what you guys are doing now, which yeah. is amazing. So we want to get into that. But before we get into that, I just want to do a couple of shout outs. So first of all, I'm wearing Carlo from Effect Electrical, his t-shirt, because he does a lot of Kohler generators. So a lot of people didn't know that Kohler does generators. I did not know that. But they do, and they also do lawnmower engines and all I did of. know that. I have yeah. a lawn I have a Kohler t- I did not know that. Yeah, so uh, I'm wearing his tee. And then I also want to do a shout-out to Sean Sellis of Sellis Renovations. So Sean's a huge supporter of the show. He does amazing work. He's out in the Milton, Guelph area. Uh, You can get him on IG under Sean Sellis Renovations. And also you can email him at info at seansellisrenovations.com. And you can hear his story on this show on show number 319. Hope all's well, Sean. Now, where do you guys want to begin? Well, we'll tell you a little bit about Next Gen Women. Um, so in December, actually, so the last podcast that I did with you. Yeah. And I think I may have told you this, but she was the first phone call that I received. I think you mentioned it on the show briefly, but you didn't. Yeah. So I had this it. idea of like, oh, like something's going to happen. But yeah. it, there was no concept there. And Leanne had called me, I think the day after, and she's, you sent me a screenshot and she's like, oh my God, I'm listening to you. Like you're yeah. on the podcast. I told you I actively listened. <laughs> like, you didn't even tell me. <laughs> I kept it so low key. Yeah. Um, and, and so when it had happened and when we had the conversation uh, and, and Leanne knows this, I was a mess afterwards. Um, you mentioned in, that. In yeah. I was just such an emotional mess afterwards. And I think what had happened was there was this disconnect between what I was saying and what I truly believed in versus what I was actually doing. So the progression I was having on that front. Uh, So right after she had sent me that screenshot, I think it was like two days later, I said, so I'm launching Next Gen Women. Do you want to do it with me? And she's just like, yeah, where do we start? Like, how do we do this? Like, let's get it together. Let's put some bones together. So I think I called the lawyer, got the paperwork written up. And it was actually because of that kind of inconsistency I felt after your show, because I feel so passionate about this. Um, where, you know, it, it just gave me the kick in the butt that I needed to what actually do something. What was the pitch that you gave Leanne? I don't think I gave you a pitch. Or, was, or <laughs> did you just describe a bunch of things at one time and just said, this is what we could do. We could totally pull this off. I think it was more like, this is kind of the idea. This is the shell. And as soon as she mentioned the idea of women in construction, it's been something on my mind for so long. And the fact that we had each other to support during our phases of working in construction at different types of construction, it's always been front of mind that not everybody has that. And it's such a great industry. We love this industry. I love being on a construction site. I love being around trades. I love learning little bits and pieces from all the different professionals. And to think that 
more women could have a part in this and not have to be like the typical what everybody thinks women in construction is. There's so many roles that can happen. There's so many roles for people that we wanted to open it up. And so immediately, it's always been kind of on my mind too. And timing just worked out. Like, let's do it. I wouldn't say it's just women. I think just in general, there's that stigma in construction. Totally. That yeah. People don't necessarily want to partner or share yeah. great ideas. Yeah. I'll share little simple ideas, but I don't want to take it any further than that. And the unfortunate thing is a lot of great ideas probably just get shelved. They're lost. Yeah. 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 Because we can't find the right person to work with. And I think that construction, you guys are probably attest to this. Mm-hmm. It's a collaborative effort. Yeah. Oh, 100%. It's not a one person going in and just take care of all this stuff. You still need a huge team attached to you. You start with a second person, but then you grow. I always always said construction was a domino game. Yeah. Yeah. If you have one person who just falls out of line, it's like everything can go off kilter. Not that it always does or it could. It's just it is definitely a very precarious different consultants, different people, different people collaborating in a general direction, but should one peg kind of fall out, it could definitely mess up the rest of it. So it's definitely collaborative. Or move in the wrong direction. Or move in the wrong direction. And the synergies behind it. Like, you know, on a job site, if you don't have the right team in place, if one person is off, it ruins the whole project for everybody. Yeah. energy's gone we've been there's there. a stress we've seen jobs yeah. go perfect yeah and you're like wow that was like a long job a hard job but we accomplished it yeah but we've also had the nightmares too where it's like why is this just dragging on mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So and it's, it's true it's you very, know very if true. you don't have that synergy and if you don't set kind of the direction at the beginning of the project yep. that's that's the key yeah, and I think, like, kind of going back to when we started, um, maybe one of the pitches, I, I not that it was a pitch, but through the recruitment efforts that we've been building at NextGen Professional, I have a network. And I've consistently come across women who've said, look, like, how can we help you? How can we, you know, bring initiatives forward? Um, is there women's groups out there, which there are? And, you know, I, I think I kind of thought a little bit about how do I utilize um, an existing network that has just been sitting dormant and just get people together? Yeah. Um, and, and I kind of printed this out a little bit, but this is our, our board and um, it, the women are stacked. Like they've just got amazing credentials behind them. And all of these women come from construction. So Rima, uh, she's our treasurer. She's a design manager at Gensler, which is one of the largest, um, I think, international um, firms. Okay. So she does, I believe, com- commercial design there. Um, Anisa Youssef, she's the director of governance and policy. She is the Canadian human resources director at Multiplex Constructors, again, international construction firm. Um, she's super supportive on that front with, um, you know, not just hiring, but policies that corporations yep. need to put in place. Uh, Marla Baker, director of partnerships. Marla is a dear friend of both of ours. Um, so we've known her for 10 years, 11 years. Oh, 15 years for, for me. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's awesome. Um, she, she comes with this little black book of contacts throughout the entire construction industry, uh, architects, designers, suppliers, vendors. Um, yes, yeah. She knows all of them. She knows all of them. Yeah, she knows this industry inside out. Uh, Jennifer Cordes, executive assistant. She runs a ton of events. She's done a ton of events. Um, she works closely with me. So she's going to be kind of very much hands-on uh, with in terms of organizing the events because of just how much time that takes to coordinate. Yeah. Uh, we have Marina. I'm not going to pronounce her last name. Uh, Director of Education. Marina um, 
was, I believe, a VP of a general contracting firm, and she grew her way up from an architectural technologist. So she's ran um, small firms, big firms. Um, she's currently, I think, on a sabbatical, uh, just looking after her son, and she's getting back into the market. But she is a firecracker right now with us, um, running our, our different programs that we'll get into um, because she has the time right now to do it. So she's just like leaning right into it. Uh, and then we have Shauna McKenzie Onita, which if you go on to um, the Next Gen Professional YouTube site. Think, yeah, you mentioned her last time. She is a just vault of information regarding uh, government subsidies, grants, programs, free programs, paid programs. Um, she works with job seekers. She's got multiple career events that we could probably um, work with and collaborate with. And she's an incredibly collaborative individual. I've known her for about five or six years now, I think, as well. So um, beyond a, a board of women that are just so accomplished but at the same time they know our industry like this is like so even shauna she's the director of um i think it's the trade based uh portion of career foundation so she manages the whole trade department okay um so i can give you her information afterwards yeah no for sure and these are people that we'd love to have on the show as well (laughs) too. so i I can only sense that after you pitched it to leanne that as you were still not pitching but as you were describing what you were planning the reaction was the same and it was they were contributing to the reaction of being the same. Yeah. So it was just growing from that point. Yeah. And but everybody, everybody we've approached is so interested in being a part of it. Yeah. So it was not hard to put this board together. We had kind of an idea of the structure, but to actually find the people, it was so easy. Yeah, we we definitely wanted to look at the different, like you have experience working for other boards. And so I had leaned heavily on Leanne for that saying, you know what, I, I've never run a board before. We've never run a board before. What does that even look like? What does the paperwork look like? And she said, well, these are the positions you're going to have to fill out. Um, and we really thought about what that would look like long term. So the people that we put into place and that we approached were very specific to where we thought that their strengths would be. Yeah. Have you guys started talking to the government side of things? No, um, we've gone because we have. We you can sense that I'm not a huge fan of the government side <laughs> yeah. of things. Just saying. No, um, you know that that will be on our radar um, okay. right now because it's our first year launching, uh, and we've actually got. Um, and I brought it with us, and I can send it over to you later on. But we have quarterly goals. Okay. So the is there information that you're sharing there that we can actually go to? To the website is it on uh, or not yet? Okay, the website is almost done. Okay, um, all right, no. we we really want it to be kind of perfect before. Yeah, it gets no, no, it's fine because yeah. I just want to share it. Other than you just describing it, because if anybody wants, but eventually they can go to the website. Yeah, and, and all this information. Yeah, we will have our our quarterly goals on the website, and I believe in putting our goals up there because I think it'll hold us accountable. Yes. Um, if people can see, and we, we've been plugging through, I mean, it's, it's, everyone's got a full-time job and they're, they're all volunteers on this board, but we are all plugging through. We have, uh, regular meetings and initiatives that we're going to be pushing forward. And, uh, Q1 was definitely more of a startup. Like we had to elect the board. We had to research corp, like, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, collaborators to work with, um, scheduling. So it was very much like, let's get this started up. Now we're into phase two and phase two, I believe was our mentorship program rollout. Yeah. Is that the second. Yeah. Um, so you can, you can, if you want to talk a little bit about the mentorship. No, program. well, mentorship is going to be a big part of what we're doing. So there's a couple of key pieces, you know, there's a lot of women's groups out there. There's a lot of industry associations and we don't really want to operate in such a way as 
you know, you're a member, you pay your member fees and, and you come to an event here and there. We want it to be something that people use as a true resource. Yeah. So our website is being set up a lot less as an association website and more of a resource library. So we want to become the place that people feel comfortable coming to, to ask questions, to find information, whether it's they're in a job, but they want to start their own business as a, as a plumber. And they can go in and find out, these are the steps I have to take. We provide all of the resources, but then also from a government perspective, we can provide them all the information on subsidies and anything that they need to have assistance in setting up a business. Yeah. So imagine this, you're working on a construction project and accidentally damage a client's property. Without insurance, you could be held responsible for the repair costs. And what about unforeseen accidents that can happen on a job site? Construction projects come with their fair share of risks. If a third party gets injured, you could be facing medical expenses, legal fees, and even potential settlements. But with construction liability insurance, those expenses are covered, saving you from a significant financial burden. Every construction professional needs a margin of safety and a solid backup plan for when things go wrong. So if you're a general contractor, renovation expert, or a construction professional, don't leave your business vulnerable. Nail down the low-cost construction liability insurance you need and get a certificate of insurance quickly by getting a free quote now by visiting zensurance.com forward slash save 35. Zensurance is Canada's leading source for small business and construction liability insurance. With the mentorship program, aside from the the resource library, the mentorship is going to be a really big part of this where, again, this becomes a spot that people can come in have somebody that they either talk to once, they talk to five times, they talk to for a year or a lifetime. And it's really based on everybody's individual needs, but it's all women who have been through things in construction. So you're not getting necessarily somebody who's been behind a desk in an office for the last five years. It's people who are actively in the roles that you're trying to achieve. They speak their language. Yeah. Yeah. So were you seeing when you were kind of nurturing this idea of just trying to plant the seeds of it, were you seeing that there was disconnect going on, that there wasn't opportunity for a lot of people that were very interested in getting into construction, but they were being given roadblocks or they were just like, yeah, the so path wouldn't go any further than that. Yeah. Now you guys are creating a bigger path, right? Yeah. And there's open doors attached to it. Yeah. So were you seeing all that, that all these women that were trying to get in and they were just getting, I guess, negatives? So I'm, I'm actually seeing a bit of a trend um, just through that, 30,000 foot view on the market um, with the recruitment aspect. Um, they're at the hiring level and own, okay, at ownership. I maybe come across one woman in my 11 years of doing this. Wow. One, maybe two. Two recently, two. Um, at the hiring manager level, I have 80 to 90% male um, hiring managers at management level, and then the numbers start to pick up for women and starting to pick up. Where I'm seeing a lot of women right now are at the project coordinator level. Um, I saw I see a lot of women in accounting departments that then move over into field management. Maybe they want to get away from the desk. I'm also seeing uh, a lot more women exiting post-secondary education compared to men recently. So this brought a really interesting... More women are? More women are graduating post-secondary than men at this time. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what I'm finding interesting is, is there an area for next-gen women, and this is going you know, far in the future, but is there an area for next-gen women, much to what Leanne was saying, to help support young women or 
you know, women who want to own a business. Because yes. I think that's where the change is. Mm-hmm. I think if we can get more women into positions of hiring management and ownership, then they would incorporate more hiring practices that are diverse and inclusive of women. I agree. And that's not to say that men aren't hiring women. It's just, that's just the trend that I see. Yeah. Okay. Are you seeing the same thing? And yeah, I would say so. I think, you know, one of the things that, just to, step, to add to what Agnes was saying, when there's a lot of male energy in an office, we don't want to come in and be like, we're next-gen women, we're trying to disrupt, you know, what it is. We want this to be an inclusive place for everybody. Yep. So we want men to feel comfortable coming into our resource as well. We want men to Absolutely. come to our... Uh, events. We want men to network with our our group of people because this isn't about this man and this woman, this person or that person. It's about who's great for a job, who has the resources to get into a position that they're comfortable in and that they want to grow in, and how do we get to that point without isolating anybody. So I think, you know, in having people in the higher levels of the hiring departments and things like that, whether it's male or female, I don't think that matters as much as us trying to get our mission out there to make people feel comfortable on all levels. Yeah. You're just looking to trades people. Trades people. You're not looking to trades men or trades women. You're no. just looking to trades people. Trades people. That right. was that was probably one of our first conversations. Um, I, I actually distinctly remember that where we said this is not about us versus them. Yeah. This is about us making a change that's collaborative and comfortable for all parties involved because it will take all sides mm-hmm. to to make something work. So what is the word on the street? Like, I, I understand that, and I agree with you, that the women need to get into those managerial so then they can start hiring more and getting into that. But are the women still wanting to get into the actual trades themselves and work their way up? So that if they start as a plumber or electrician or what have you, and then they'll eventually own a plumbing business, mm-hmm. electrical business, and so on. Is that what you guys are seeing? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think also in part of this with the mentorship and having a representation of women in different parts of the industry is that we can then take it to the younger people and go into the schools and start showing them the opportunities from a real person perspective. It's not somebody who's saying you should go into this trade or you should go into that trade or somebody who they can't even relate to going in. You can say, look, there's all these positions available for you. There's all of this money out there for you to have. It's a very lucrative business if you want it to be. And here's the path to get there. I'm a big fan of every person that gets into construction should get their feet wet at all levels of construction so you can at least have a conversation with the person that's coming in that you're trying to hire you want to work with so instead of just getting right to the top and i mean for lack of a better situation it was just handed down to me by my dad or mom whoever started the business right like i think they should just have a little bit of sweat equity in the game and then they can relate more to the people in there well there's there's a couple of my clients um i think there's like two or three of my clients that do an interesting um process and it's called job shadowing so what they do is they have a individual who starts within the organization and they are given pathways within the organization to just try other roles. Just try it. Yeah. So if you start off as a project coordinator and you're like, hey, I'm really good with numbers, well, try estimating. Or like, I really like the site. Go into Site Super. And the idea is somebody can try a different pathway and they might come back to the same one and say, you know, that wasn't for me, but at least they tried it. And at least they're staying within your organization. Yep. Right. Because it's it's hard to train people and get them up and running and onboarded. But 
as long as they're still with you, they've got that. And I was like, that's a really smart idea to keep But they're people. also feeling supported. Supported, Because somebody's yeah. in there saying, you can try this. We give you the permission to try this instead of saying, I'm going to leave my job as a project coordinator and I'm going to go try something else in a completely different company and start not knowing anybody unsupported. So to do that in one company is incredible because you feel like, okay, I can give it a shot. Yeah. I can try. But if I need to pedal it back, I'm comfortable to pedal it back and I'm not going to be penalized for that. You guys could probably tell me this more. I'm just assuming that there's more women leaving the industry because of these roadblocks more than men leaving the industry. I've heard of my share of men who have tried to get into certain trades and then they just didn't like it for whatever reason. They had the wrong mentor. You guys are trying to design the correct mentors to keep the path going. Yeah. But I'm assuming women are probably leaving more than men. And well, and, and, and it goes back to the, the job shadowing. What if you had somebody who is there to rattle those ideas around yeah. in your head with, you yeah. know, sometimes you just need to vocalize what it is that you're looking for, or maybe it isn't that you want to switch your jobs. Maybe you're just uncomfortable with your manager. Like who knows? Um, or it's just a case of you don't know what you don't know. You don't, you don't know, know, you know don't that know. another yeah. career path exists. So to have, you know, it, people exiting because they just don't have someone to bounce an idea off of or feel supported. That's exactly why we want the mentorship program in place. Because if a woman could call in and say, Hey, this is a huge career change I'm thinking of, or this is a huge opportunity I'm thinking of, I need someone to talk to me about it. And they've just got somebody there to just be, be the sounding board. Um, I think from the perspective of a woman to a woman speaking, we've actually talked about bringing, um, mentors on board that were male as well we're, we're not opposed to that um i do think a female mentor could potentially lend a very different perspective though uh we've had plenty of women that i could tick off mentor 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 yeah. mentor all of them like, yeah there's so many women that are in the trades that would be great mentors but maybe we don't lose as many people as many women as you were saying or or people that's what I'm, that's my yeah. concern is I, I just see because the guys might just move to a different trade or they might just leave the industry altogether and not care and then go somewhere else and become the next tiktoker i don't know yeah. whatever oh, it is, but i know <laughs> but uh i just see the women like not getting the support that you guys are designing which is what i'm really yeah. happy about that you guys are giving more opportunity now so then they wouldn't be looking at a, a door and going oh i'm gonna leave now because yeah. i'm not getting that support yeah but yeah. and this is where partnership from the industry needs to happen too oh, where we need sure. all the trades on board with us to say you know what we have this person we've come across she's incredible she's got this skill this skill but she wants to go here will you take her on will you show her the ropes let her come out a couple days a week and and just shadow you. Let her be an intern. Let her see yeah. something Have so you that she can understand. Have you guys figured a way to do that? Because the thing is that you get a lot of, I know there's, oh yeah, there's programs, there's all kinds of stuff. But I don't think the kids, male or female, are being prepared properly. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I, and I've joked over and over, make the job site. The yeah. School. Yeah. Like yeah, the shadow. Get a thing. credit for that. But then you get businesses that have given a try to these programs, government. That's why I'm not a huge fan. But <laughs> um, and and it didn't work out. Like they just didn't see the potential behind it, and they just said it became more of a headache instead of. Yeah, but I think, I think we have to have a lot more patience as business owners. I think we do, and I also think there's a personal element that's lost when it's through a government program, like an application that goes through a government program. The personal part is lost, and we're trying to keep this very personal. We're trying to match people with the right teams. So we're looking at it as not just like, oh, there's this name on this piece of paper. It's going to go to this person. Yeah. We're going to look at it and say, okay, well, 
you know what, the personality of this team, the way they work seems really aligned go, with this go girl. With this business, Let's this go person. together. Yeah. There's, yeah. It's, it's actually a fairly formalized program um, comparative, I think, to some mentorship programs that we've seen. Uh, we, we do have applications for both the mentors and the mentees. Uh, they have to go through an approval process. Um, they will be the mentors will be trained on how to be a mentor. So they will be given tools on how to pull and tease out conversation pieces that are relevant. I, I know more than a share of tradesmen that need to be taught that <laughs> class. Well, and you know what? That's so it's so funny that you said that. Um, I remember working including myself. <laughs> I'll put myself in that boat. I remember working, it's no, I don't think it's around anymore, the Ontario College of Trades. Um, yep. I was doing some research with them in terms of um, the apprenticeship program and this passing down of knowledge, because that's what the apprenticeship program is. It's for someone to learn Supposed through to. a journeyman yes. that they will then absorb knowledge. And the Ontario College of Trades at the time, I was speaking, I forget his name now, but I was speaking with the, the guy, the guy. And he was saying, they're having a problem with people mentoring. They, they, there really doesn't seem to be that um, desire to want to pass that information down. So they put together, and it was so funny because I had picked it up, this binder, and it was like this big. And it had all these CDs in it. And it was like, we just dropped these off at job, job sites. And I was like, great. Did it come with matches? It has yeah. great information. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, if you, if you can't get them to organically deal with their apprentice that they're supposed to be working beside like exactly. where do you think they're going to be watching these videos and reading these books and so i was you know thinking about this this mentorship program why don't we give these mentors the tools that they feel comfortable being a mentor and that they have a backbone to go to yep. when they're up against a situation with a potential mentee where it's like i don't actually know what advice to give this person because we're only human so th th I think that's what we're talking about. It's personable. It's collaborative. We're working together. We're trying to help people one at a time if we can help one at a time because those people will eventually help other people and they'll help other people. It's like spider web, right? So how do you get but, it to... Construction is like that. So it's like the moment you put a tradesperson, and I'm going to say more tradesmen because I think tradeswomen are better at this than men. The moment you ask them, write out the steps to teach this person. Yeah. They're confused as hell. But if they just put them into their scenario and then walk them through the steps and show them A, B, C, by the end of the day, they just learn how to do a task on a job site and yeah. they didn't have to write down all the steps that's involved with it. But yeah. that's that's the nature of construction. I mean, we see it yeah. every day in our lives. We have a process. It's written down on a piece of paper. Yeah. We follow the process. We check off the steps. But no project actually falls into no. those steps perfectly every time. Yeah. There's always movement and there's always swaying and every project is different. So if you're not there witnessing it firsthand, there's no way to learn. That's no way to learn. Yeah. Let me do a little history construction. Work so it's uh, it's you guys are officially calling it NG women. Next gen women. Next gen, Next gen women. women. Okay, but on Instagram it's NG women. Next gen women wasn't available, or no? I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> social media is not my thing. Social media <laughs> is uh, a tombstone. Um, I can't I can't talk about it because I use it. What is the history behind construction, guys? Uh, construction is an ancient human activity that dates as far back as how far back do you guys think? construction goes oh through. construction something to do with bc i was gonna say like probably 
past or before the Egyptians. That's what think. I was going like to say too. The 400 BC it started from using constructed materials to produce shelters for regulating the effects of climates on humans. Soon the advent of agricultural paved the way for various construction materials such as timber and animal skin. Who built the very first building? This is history and construction. And I never know these answers. I just looked them up. The <laughs> oldest evidence of a house constructed comes from the famous uh, Old Yupa Gorge, uh, also called Old Diva. I knew that one. I knew that one. Yeah, you did? Uh, in Tanzania. Uh, the structure is around 1.8 million years old. Nobody knows exactly which proto-human species is responsible for the tools and houses is it, uh, found in that area, but uh, that's where it's far back. I'm so sure what was it constructed out of? Uh, I don't know. Probably mm. mud and stuff like that. You yeah. gotta have to ask the electricians because they were there. Um, <laughs> when did construction start in Canada? The first major public work to be started in Canada was the Grenville Canal on Ottawa River. It began Ooh. in 1819 and it was ready for use by 1834. There's the government from 1819 to 1834. <laughs> That's how long that project yeah. took. Nothing's but changed. No. But that was probably normal at the time, right? Like, Construction, I think I said, said this last time we, when I was with you, um, we went to go see the uh, Familia, um, the uh, the Gaudi uh, building, the big, you know what I'm talking about, Sagria, the Familia Sagria, which is the big church that's being built. It is going to be finished in our lifetime. It yeah. wasn't supposed to. I know. But the advances of technology in construction have pushed the build date like i think it was like 50 years in advance and i'm like that's so cool that's so cool we need it here in toronto yeah no kidding <laughs> i won't Bring get started over. on Bring it either <laughs> so do you guys want to walk everybody through what you guys have done let's dive right into the whole program and everything I'd yeah um so startup as i was mentioning mentorship program is about to get released um pretty shortly the website is almost done we're just doing a landing page right now um we wanted it fairly comprehensive before we you know launched it um, and then for Q3, we've got uh, the professional de development, which is the uh, continuing education and the resource library. This is a huge part of our, our pillar, if you will, one of our pillars. We have a number of events that we're going to be hosting, whether it's um, webinars, technical, um, personal, personal events in person, networking events, anything that is of relevant information, we will be recording and putting into the resource library. So that's one area where, so for instance, um, Shauna McKenzie, who I mentioned, uh, her and I were thinking about running, not thinking, we're going to be running um, three webinars for job seekers. So how to build your resume appropriately, how to, um, you know, vie for your, uh, or negotiate for your promotion or negotiate for your job offer. Uh, we put out a post recently, we're also on um LinkedIn. So we have a next gen women LinkedIn uh, corporate account. And, you know, the Harvard Business Review came out with this uh, women don't negotiate quite as strongly as men on on offers. And that was right. an area where Shauna and I were like, oh, we could help like we have the technical skills to help with that. So those will all be recorded webinars that will be, become part of our starting of this resource library. Um, you know, with, with Anissa, um, her background in human resources and policy building, um, she's going to be working with her team because we do like little mini project teams. So not everybody is in everyone else's business. Okay. And at the same time, you get a small project that is easy to chew and then roll out. So one of her um, projects that she's going to be working on um, is writing these policy for diversity, inclusion, hiring practices. 
Multiplex is an incredible hiring partner. They hire um, individuals who are new to the country. They hire women. They hire men. Like it just for them, it is: Do you have the the skills that we're looking for? What don't you have? What can we train into you? And how do we support you through that process? And they are so successful at it. So and a model that we're hoping yeah. to provide in our resource library for corporate too. Okay. So that corporate can come in and have access to how other companies are doing things, how other yeah. companies are running in such strategic and strong ways that they can mimic those policies as well. What good things are we doing right now to attract more people to come into this country to construction? Or are we doing anything that's good? I know. Um, well, uh, I just recently heard um, that the Ministry of Labor... Uh, no, I don't actually know if it was the Ministry of Labor that did that. Um, so I, I, I'm going to walk that back. I've heard that the Professional Engineering Board of Ontario has um, reworked some of the regulations. Uh, yeah. Yes. And I think you can pull it up. But I think what they reworked was that you do not or they've cut back the amount of hours of Canadian experience. But is it enough? That's the question, right? Like, are these little subtle changes enough? And how do we put pressure on making them more? How do we get the word out that it needs to be more? It needs to be more because there's such a demand for individuals in our industry, whether it's trade-based, whether it's, you know, doesn't matter what Why level. don't they just come into this country and shadow somebody that's already in this industry or that specific trade or... So I think, uh, yeah... Prove it. There's yeah. there's processes and procedures that have been put into place for God knows how long, and they have not shifted those processes and procedures to accommodate the boom that's happening. So it's it's backlogged because I know the professional engineering board. I had heard they were like two years behind on registering not only Canadian applications but applications that were coming from overseas. I know um, Sharon over at Arido, she was working on a new diversity and inclusion um, policy for individuals who are registering for Arido, which is the um, like interior designers professional association. Um, and they did some phenomenal work. They, they are allowing people to apply overseas. So you don't have to come here yet. If you're not ready, you can send your application in. You can have someone kind of assigned to your okay. profile. They work with core competencies that are uh, transferable. And then anything you're missing, they ask you to work on those. So Ontario Building Code. Yes, work on your Ontario Building Code. Complete your Ontario Building Code. Show us you understand that, and then we'll check that box. So by the time the person comes over here, they will have the designations that they're required for certain positions. I, it's such a streamlined process. Some of the other boards just haven't caught up with that. Is it, you think it's because competition? I don't this has know. been my fight from day one that uh, the whole purpose of this show was always about community and not competition. Right. But I just, I could see that a lot of people that were established here already in their narrow mindedness think that more and more people come into this industry is it's going to take work away from me. But which I think is that's not the truth. No, I think that's an old fashioned sentiment. It is. And I think that people like Agnes and I, this is a new generation of people who want to support that. And who need to support that? We don't have enough time to take on projects. You <laughs> no, know, like, would you like there's to take this on? <laughs> yes. When you say there's enough work for everyone, there is enough work for everyone. And if and again this government thing with the housing comes in and all this kind of stuff, I don't know how that's ever going yeah. to become something that is is viable if we don't have people's feet on the ground. You need the workforce first. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I'm yeah. waiting for that media soundbite to happen. But so yeah. we need those people. We need, whether they come from outside of this country or 
all over this country yeah. and move to different provinces. But I think that's something that, you know, we, again, Leanne and I have talked about how do we, how do we elicit change? How do we make change? And part of it is this resource library going back to that is how do we just get the, the mid-size, small size organizations that don't have human resources? They don't have a designated administrator running policy paperwork and procedures or educating them that, hey, there are these different avenues or places that you can go to for your hiring practices. So to have a resource library that we would, you know, definitely be pitching over to, um, Mid, mid and small size, because most larger size organizations have that personnel already in place and saying, you don't have to do it from scratch. This is working for several other companies. Here's the success rate. This is how we're going to help you implement it. Sometimes it's just too overwhelming to it start is. from the beginning. You go, oh, well, I'd love to do that. I'd love to put this program in place. I'd love to sponsor workers to come over. I'd love to have more inclusion and diversity in my staff or in my site but I don't even know where to start and I'm too tired at the end of the day to figure out how to so do much it. Work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's not the, the tap of the button isn't there and people are so tired at the end of a work day and tired on a weekend and want to take time to themselves. They want to read 140 characters and not a big massive article where the government documentation becomes so jarring and so hard to navigate that it's, it, they give up. Do yeah. you guys have an, a date when you guys are launching the website? Because, I mean, basically. Oh, probably on, in a couple of weeks. Okay, so yeah. perfect. Yeah, so close. basically when we post this show, uh, realistically, when yeah. we post this show, yeah. the website should be up and running. Should be right? up and running, yeah. Right? So, yeah. But, and the website is, I already shared it, didn't I? Uh, Nextgen-women. Yeah, nextgen-women.com. Yeah. Okay, so I was just curious about that because then people could actually start looking at the resources, right? Yeah, and we're going to have a calendar of events. Um, we... I think we have a summer social that we're working on right now. Um, so that's going to be great. Uh, sponsored by some industry events. I don't want to say it yet just because we're still in the works with it. Wine or just food? Uh, I think both. both. Why would we have just wine? <laughs> Need to have food too. Why would you Maybe. just have wine? Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> needs to come with a pairing. <laughs> At um, least some cheese. Yeah. Uh, September, we're going to be launching a stylist event. Um, so we're going to be inviting women to come to Multiplex's office, which is just across the street from Union. Um, I love this idea. This was an idea that was pitched by uh, one of our board members where we're going to have stylists come in, you know, get your hair done, um, get, get in front of a camera and get a professional photo taken that's an email to you with how to build a LinkedIn profile. So, you know, you got all the information plus the professional headshot, which they, they cost so much money now to get that all touched up. Um, and then it's also a networking event. So if you want to come, if you want to get this, this uh, photo completed, that's great. All the information's there for you. But at the same time, you're going to get be able to meet the board as well as meet other individuals. And start stepping up your professional game. That's yeah, it. yeah. I think that's really important. And LinkedIn, 99% of hiring managers and recruiters will look at your LinkedIn first before they venture off into your resume. Is that same for tradespeople as well? Uh, a lot of tradespeople are not on LinkedIn, but I still think you should. I, yeah. I tell people over and over, just get on LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah. And it's not a social media platform. No, it's a business. Yeah. It's strictly professional. I, I know there's a couple of people that um, you know have come to me for advice for building their LinkedIn. And I said... Do not use it as a platform to articulate your opinion on a political matter or yeah, on a social matter. Sure. That's not where you want what to do that. What you're doing that. on the weekend. Like, like, it's not for Not that. relevant. Um, and, and the issue I think becomes is when a hiring manager sees that if you're the perfect fit for the job, but you're running on the blue team and they're running on the red team, even if you guys got along, that might skew. Yep. That might skew it. It will for sure. Um, so it's, it's just keep it professional. It's, a, it's basically a living, breathing resume. 
Have you guys set goals? I'm assuming. Yeah. So those are our quarterly goals. No, um, but regarding people trying to get, because we know that the percentage of women that are in construction oh. right now versus men and we obviously want to see these numbers start to change. and We haven't know. really quantified it with numbers. We just want to see change happen. Okay. So I don't know if it would be beneficial to us to actually say we need this to hit this percentage. I don't know if we can necessarily put that number into reality. No, it's far more important to find the personalities that connect with the companies that work together so then they can have a thriving career at that point. That's it. That's it. And we need people to sign on to what we're doing. We need people to feel comfortable to reach out to us, tradespeople, general contractors, yep. large corporations, to feel comfortable to reach out to us and say, look, this sounds like a great idea. I'd love to be connected with somebody. It's a community thing. We need it to stay active as a community and to be something that everybody wants to be a part of. So how does it begin? You get, you get a, a business owner reach out to you? Yeah. Put on a list? Mm -hmm. be a part of it yeah and then you guys will start sending them information and they'll start putting this together yeah Yeah. we have um leanne's been working with marla on our team um to put together comprehensive sponsorship packages if someone wants to join up as a like a corporate partner um they can sign up for that and i you know what's really important for us is not just working on your organization through next gen women and having um that support but also giving back to the community Mm -hmm. so um you know one of my ideas uh, or one of our ideas that we were thinking of is if someone partners corporates partners with us what if part of that that partnership package has open seats to the public and we have women who maybe can't um you know pay the annual rate but then these corporate sponsors have five open seats that we go through our list and we give it to those like women that. as well. Yeah. I love that because yeah. it means that everyone's going to have a piece. Everyone's going to be able to be supported. And then we can actually say to an organization, hey, FYI, your annual partnership package that you just put together allowed five of these women to go through. Those five women, three now own a business, um, two are now, you know, like how much of a success story could that be? It's great. Yeah. Yeah. And then they can share it to their business, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And share it online as well. Yeah. And then other people would jump on board. That's it. Yeah. And, and, and you know, the other thing that we um, feel strongly about is, and you had mentioned this earlier, is no competition, mm-hmm. collaboration. We don't care if we work with other women's groups. We don't care if we work with other not-for-profits. It's getting the job done. If we can all share together and we can all participate together and share each other's work and I, I mean um oh rise tomorrow is having a networking event 101 and rise is the uh da, 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 women of renewable industries and sustainable in energy and but it's happening tomorrow right it's happening tomorrow yeah okay. <laughs> so this show kind of works like <laughs> like the delorean like, <laughs> I, I would love to get to the point where we start doing live shows so there the <laughs> show <laughs> happened <laughs> the show happened already sorry guys um but it I loved it because we met them at a networking event. They're going to have another event. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And then we found out that there was this women in sustainable, renewable energy. And Alexis, who's messaged back and forth with us, she's just like, how do, how do we get more of this out there? It's funny how I don't, I was introduced to one trade show and they said, listen, just go to this website, go to this page. And all of a sudden, hundreds of companies came up that were associated with the concrete industry. And I was like, why do I not know any of this? Yeah. 
So is it just bad marketing or people are not being told? Or the like problem is that like every little group that there is for each part of the construction industry are so isolated yeah. in themselves we that they're, open that's what we're hoping to do. That's where our partnership with all of these places, all of these associations can be like one hub. Maybe, you know, part of our resource library gets built out into a collaborative associations, you know, yeah. so you can come in and see oh, here's the whole list of 400 associations in GTA. And I think that this one sounds like something that would suit me. And maybe I'm going to go check out one of their events. Let me check in with Next Gen Women and see if anybody else is going to go to this event or if anybody else wants to and put it on the page and off they go and they can network and meet somebody. So it's really that's the collaboration we're hoping to have. We're not competing with other women's associations, other construction associations. We want to be partners. How do you guys juggle it because obviously everybody has a day job you're mm-hmm. volunteering now you're getting people to come on board to help out and then we try to spread the word that we can right yeah. and you guys are more than welcome to come back anytime and bring more than merrier and we'll keep on talking about it and keep on pushing it out there but everybody has no time yeah and so I, I love all the networking ideas and getting people out there but the thing is now they have to make time to go to these things yeah yeah i think um the art of networking uh you know, just with the last couple of years, uh, we need to push people back out there. Uh, there's an etiquette, there is a, not a process, but th- there's just a flow to conversation, to organic conversation. Um, so ha- going to events, hosting events, uh, really encouraging people to go out, not just to our events, but get out to other events. Yeah. You do not know the opportunity that might knock on your door when you meet just the right person. Um, I got invited, Marla uh, ran an event and I was just telling Leanne before we sat down, um, this wonderful woman sat next to me at brunch and she runs a lot of uh, diversity diversity and inclusion social media practices for designers. And so she's hosting this incredible event that's going to take place in the middle of June for a brand, like branding yourself uh, as a designer. And I'm just like, I wouldn't, I would never have met this woman before. And she's just so interesting and she's got so much ideas and now she wants to kind of work with us and it it, just because we sat down to brunch together because i happened to say yes to an rsv you know rsvp so but you could say yes to the rsvp so um one of the things we're trying to do is have events at not just you know Mm. cocktail hour the events are going to be many and they're going to be at all different points in the day and of the week and even so much as because this is a women-focused initiative trying to make some of them family friendly so that, you know, maybe a Saturday morning there's something and kids can go and color on the table or have an activity, supervised activity, and the moms can network, you know? So really trying to be comprehensive and thinking about how can people get out? If people only have a weekend to get out, well, how can they do that and not feel isolated and left out? And I think, again, that's part of the problem with the industry women tend to have a little bit more of a stricter schedule, a little bit more of a responsibility of childcare, whatever it may be. That's changing. Things are changing, but gradually. And so women feel like, well, I can't get into that workforce because there are these type of things. There's after hours. There's I'm expected to network. I'm expected to go to something. And they feel like, well, if I can't do it. I'm not even going to try. I'm going to feel left out. I'm going to feel like people are judging me because I can't attend anything. But it's like construction. If we actually sat down and told ourselves of everything that we had to do and everything that's potentially going to happen wrong and we have to fix, yeah. 
we wouldn't even get started. So <laughs> when it comes to the scheduling, you start scheduling it. You start That's planning it. it. It's part of your workday now. Yeah. You just fit it in. Sneak away from the job site for a couple hours and go to this event and say hello. Give yourself an excuse to listen. I, great meeting you. Like p- maybe tell yourself, I want to meet two people. Yeah. Go yeah. in there and focus on two people. And then say hello, talk briefly, maybe connect, and then go back yeah. to the job yeah. site. But even if you work for a company, like this, it's easy as us, we all work for ourselves, you know, so we have a little more flexibility and freedom to just do whatever we want to do within reason. Um, sometimes people who are employed, they don't feel like they have the right, the ability to say, look, I think this is really beneficial for our company. If I can head out to this event, I'll learn something. I'll bring some information back. So the more that we can outline in our activities and in our events that this is something that's very important information, that they're going to learn something, then you know we would encourage people to go back and say to their bosses, this is something that's going to benefit the company as a whole. I'd like to go. And I would tell you nine times out of 10, an employer would say, fantastic, because I would love to learn that, but I don't have the time to go as an owner. It's not something that I would feel comfortable going to. Please go on my behalf and bring back the information to me. Totally Shows right. are taking initiative Teach everybody. Well, yeah. Yeah. Or you can always yeah. do it our way where we're just like, I'll do the Timmy's run and come back two hours later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get away with it the first time, <laughs> but then you bring the information back. Yeah. I encourage my staff to do it all the time. Yeah, Anything yeah. that interests them, that interests you, go. Go. Enjoy yeah. it. Bring back information. Because meet somebody. Because the long term is beneficial. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. going to make What if you meet someone at the event that's and what I mean. they're your next hire? There's somebody you're like, you know, you go back to your boss and he's like, hey, you know, we have that position opening up. I just met somebody. Yeah. They're perfect. I, I basically just interviewed them. Yeah. Right. Like you just you just don't know the opportunities. But um, much to to Leanne's point, I think giving accessibility was really important for us. So we'll have um, we have webinars. There will be um, online focus. There will be in-person focus and then throughout the day as well as a family focus. You guys are also going to be focusing on resolutions? If certain situations come up or how do you fix? We all make mistakes in construction. So it's just like, how what do, do you mean resolutions? I, I don't know. You're a new person in the industry and all of a sudden you're getting started and maybe you made a mistake. Oh, yes. Oh. How to <laughs> that, handle uh, that other than run. You yeah. know what yeah. I mean? Like how do you that comes down to having the mentor. Somebody yes. that you can go to, even if it's an open dialogue, not a dedicated mentor, yeah. an open dialogue of, Oh God, I think I've done something <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I think I'm going to get in trouble. How okay, do I fix okay, this? Just before? stop right there. This is what we're going to do. Yeah, okay. we've been there. Yes. Yeah. This is what we did. Don't worry about it. It'll get fixed. Yeah. Typically, nobody's dying. <laughs> yeah. So having that, you know, open line of communication too, where it's kind of like a a board that you can go to that people will respond. Yeah. An open line of communication. Have you guys come up with a, I guess a, a list of questions that could be asked of mentors that want to be mentors oh absolutely yeah Yeah. it's it's gonna like i mentioned a formalized application form is going to be going on that needs and it comes with a code of ethics we want our mentors to represent next gen women to a very professional capacity um so we have them signing off on a code of ethics as well um and then as well on the mentee side right like we we want to make sure that the mentors are also getting the best out of the mentees so to maybe uh, that that application form also teases out some of the topics they wish to discuss, so someone can prep beforehand, um, which is part of this you know formalized program that we're trying to put together. All right, let me do a little bit of OBC, guys. Let me do some OBC talk. What are the seven steps of construction? 
Like I said, I don't know these. I just make them up. <laughs> Here's the process. Step one is design. During this phase, the client places a project for bidding. Step two is pre-construction. Step three is procurement. Step four is construction. Step five is commissioning. Step six is owner occupancy. Step seven is project clause, uh, closeout. What Where are the deficiencies go in that one? Yeah. <laughs> Where are deficiencies? Where's maintenance? There is no deficiency. <laughs> Everything works perfectly. Overages, changes. Yeah. Uh, what are the four basic types of construction? There are four major types of construction with each having uh, each one having its own characteristics and requirements. They include the following residential building, institutional and commercial buildings, specialized industrial construction and infrastructure and heavy construction. Oh, I probably could have answered that one. So <laughs> I just assume people don't know. That's all. Uh, where do you guys want to go from here now? Um, I, I made a couple of, uh, guys have lots of notes there. Please share I them. Did, thank yeah. you. Um, one of the notes that I was, uh, putting up is we're actually working right now. I think it's almost done. Anissa just emailed me today. Uh, we're working on a master post-secondary and affiliation school list. So it's going to have all the post-secondary, um, people to contact, whether it's profs, uh, department leads, uh, it's not Retirees. students. Yeah, Retirees. Yeah. It would be on, on I, there's a group there that. Is it still share? Oh, amazing! That would probably be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah mentors. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually a really good idea. Write that one Write down. That one. <laughs> I have a few gems. Thank you. I have a few gems. I'm just. I want to get them on the show. Yeah. Because they have a world of knowledge. They have so much information to give. Right. So. And they're not competitive because they're already stepped out. They're just afraid of cameras and mics. Yeah, yeah fair all. enough. So, um, yeah, I think that was basically it. Uh, like, we're still working through the process. The website's going to come up. Um, we're trying to get more and more women to join us on um, our LinkedIn corporate platform because that's okay. right now where we're running a lot of the social media as well as um, the the NG women. Um, Leanne and I are still learning. I mean, we're forcing ourselves to go to other events to learn, um, you know, what other individuals are, or what other associations are doing as well, because we want our association to be best practices. Um, so we've been doing a lot of running around yeah. on that end. And We're actually heading to one this week. So um, it's, oh, yeah. we joined an association called the Women's Executive Network. So it's executive women and entrepreneurs. So outside of the construction industry, but we want to take inspiration from other industries and not just our yeah. own because we know our industry yeah. and so um, they're hosting a really great event this week on Thursday um, where it's a full diversity and inclusion mm -hmm. seminar and an awards gala for some women who are being recognized and uh, big corporate sponsors so we're looking to see kind of how their events are run what they're doing what their conversations are and what people are interested in and try to get uh you know, outside of the industry as well. We want yeah. to expand past. Other industries are making milestones in diversity inclusion practices. Yeah. Um, we we are obviously behind. So that was part of our, like, let's go to this event. Let's learn what other industries are doing and let's bring it back. So we, we keep doing a lot of the legwork on, on that. Are you guys <laughs> ready? Like, I mean, if someone's listening to this two weeks from now, whenever we post it, are you guys ready to find someone and connect somebody and put some in or we still have to go through the whole procedure? No, I think that we could be up and running. We've got mentors that we're already uh, looking at and talking to two weeks, probably not, um, you know, three, four weeks if they want to come on down and, and start registering for the website. Yeah, I think we we're at that phase where we're just about ready to push everything out the okay. door. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying it because if someone is interested and they want to get involved and they'd like to have someone come on board yeah. because they yeah. might be having interesting projects that would be perfect. Like when I had students, I was approached in my earlier years. I had like, uh, 
I guess people that were connected to certain schools, George Brown or mm-hmm. what have you, and they're like, listen, would you mind, uh, can I bring a few, of this? Uh, by all means, bring them all, I don't care. But I, I, I wasn't showing them the broom. I was showing them the techniques that yeah. we were doing. I was mm-hmm. showing them specifically the future of construction. Yeah, like I, was, I have a full-time hire right now that came from one of those representatives at George Brown College, reached out, said, we have students. Are you interested in internships, summer internships? Yeah. And it turned out to be one of the best hires we've ever had. So it works. Those those methods work. And it's just a matter of getting it out there. So in the meantime, right now, before we're ready to fully launch, which will probably likely be in July, okay. um, we have a landing page at the website and you can just pop in your email address. You're on the list. When we're ready to blast it out, it'll get out to you and everything will go live from there. But in the meantime, too, if there's any questions about how to become a mentor, there's interest in it, we can harbor those questions now and just go direct. And every trade is open. Like Everybody's welcome. Open. Everything yeah. is open. And we, we have had a couple of groups already approach us um, just from the partnership side, like corporate partnership side. So if anyone's interested in just collaborating with us, um, we have the annual packages that Leanne and Marla are working on, um, as well as we've been working with this idea of like a promotional partner. And I love that idea because if someone's not really willing to commit to an entire year or a big package, we can sit there and say, hey, we got this like little mini project. You know, it's going to cost X amount of dollars, but it's going to benefit four or five people, you know, 10, 15 people. And it's a mini project. Have you spoken to them yet or what? To who? Cole? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hmm. <laughs> We've got a list. We got a okay. list. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, everyone's got a list. But I mean, these are things. These are conversations that certain corporate would be interested. Oh, in. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Well. yeah. So it's good. Yeah. We want the membership to be accessible for everybody. So the more corporate po- sponsors that we have, or corporate partners we have, the more people can be involved in it by way of those, you know, shared memberships, and you know, decreasing the amount that we need to charge for an annual membership. So the yeah. more that we can have support from the corporate community, the better off it'll be for everybody. Yeah. yeah. How are the kids? How like, are I, the kids? there is the stereotype. I'm not a fan of stereotypes. Like everyone just dismisses kids that come into construction right yeah. away. But how are the kids that you guys see? Like, for me, I think the pendulum has swung so far <laughs> in okay. another direction that it's just now starting to kind of come back. I think that the idea of you know, the entitlement and all these things, kids don't want to work. I think that's not true. I think that there's always going to be those people, whether they're kids or adults who are lazy and want everything handed to them. But if you find people, if you look for the right people, they're there. They want to work. They want to do good work. They want to build their careers from the ground up. And they're not looking to start at senior role when they know that they're just coming out of school. They're willing to put in the legwork. They just want something they want a comfortable workplace. That's the one thing that's a little bit different than maybe our generation where, you know, you go in, you dig down, you do your work, you put your head down. They maybe want it just a little bit more comfortable. And, and in all fairness, that's that's probably fine. I'll, I'll use a different word. And it's like, I don't pick fights on this show. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that I think people in construction, if you get into construction, you get into construction because you want to be challenged. Yes. And I'm this is why I'm not a fan of government. Government doesn't challenge Canada. We don't build as a leader where we have the potential to build as a leader. When you do that, you attract people that want to be challenged to be a part of that building process. 100%. That's what I see. When you guys are talking, that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing you guys 
attract people wanting to come into the construction because they're being challenged and they're excited about there's no better feeling than having a crew or a team working on a project and the objectives are, are, are challenging and they're first time they're yeah. custom and they're like we pulled it off yeah like, we couldn't like there was no way like i joked all the time sure i, I always said that i can move the cn tower time and money mm -hmm. and i'll totally pull it off it's a challenge right yeah. so i just i don't think it's so much the comfort as much as you want this generation to come into this construction industry in canada to be challenged yeah so i in I, I totally agree with you and i totally agree with you it's the disconnect between how the companies are showcasing the industry. We're back to the stigma versus um, the generation that either doesn't know that these are lucrative, um, yeah. challenging positions. But once they get into the industry, is it not the employer or the company's um, responsibility, responsibility to keep them engaged? Yes, it is. And yeah. I think that's part of what we would like to do as well is, you know, create these atmospheres where you're now working with a whole generation of individuals who probably think different than you do, use different technology than you do, have an awareness of themselves, of work-life balance is huge. Um, they're, they're just different than you. So let's not complain about it. It's here. It's happening. And let's just figure out how to work with these let's individuals. Let's yeah. use. Let's, let's use it. New type of problem. Lean solving. into it. Yeah. Lean into it. Yeah. I, I remember I had this conversation like going back like six seven years ago, and this is just gonna showcase um, the conversation between an older gentleman and he starts going off about millennials. This is so. This is a couple of years ago and he starts going off. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna stop you there. I am a millennial <laughs> and I can tell you I'm very hardworking and I can tell you, and I just kind of went off and I said, if you are having a hiring trouble or problems and millennials are the candidate pool that you need to go to, would it not behoove you to not complain about them, but talk to them? What do they want? How can you take this, this pool of candidates that is the only way you're going to get true. through your business problems and figure out what they want, how they want it done, and then just change your practices. You don't have to do the same practices over and over if they're no longer working for you. That's just insanity. We had this whole conversation on a board meeting about the mentorship program yeah. and how ultimately at the end of the day, the mentor is likely going to be elder you know, than the mentee. Just the way things are, that's likely going to be that age gap. But I think that what the mentors are going to realize is they have a whole lot to learn from a younger generation. Oh, yeah. for sure. That there is just so much knowledge and information and vision and insight and accessibility to the rest of the world that an older generation doesn't necessarily have because they're not so savvy on the phones or they're not reading articles from Australia on the future of design or whatever it might be. So I think it's going to be a funny thing to learn about this mentorship program and see yeah. like after the year, first year is over and regroup on it and talk to the mentors. I think it's going to be like a win-win situation for a lot of these people Yeah, because we hope that everybody who's involved in it is open-minded and willing to not just teach, but also take in and learn. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's communication. I think the mentors are going to jump on board. They're going to start to realize that their communication skills are going to dramatically increase. Yeah. Like it's, they're going to be able to just communicate with their team, their clients, their suppliers, because they're speaking to somebody that's trying to figure out how to problem solve new ideas, right? Yeah. Construction is about bringing new tech into the industry. Always. Yeah. And yeah. the old people don't necessarily know everything about the old tech, right? So you've got to embrace that as well. 
Totally. Yeah. I think um, there was an incredible push of technology into the construction space over the last, I don't know, 20 years. Um, and, and just looking at it, you know, I wonder if technology will continue to be so aggressive in our space because of the shortages that we're experiencing. And who do you think is creating all these new innovative thought processes? The younger generation. The younger generation that's thinking of these, you know, crazy ideas that are working like we're printing houses now we're you know i and again i don't know who did that so i'm just kind of making an assumption here but um but they are though well or that great floor plan walkthrough now that you oh, go yeah, into like yeah, a warehouse yeah. and you walk through the realistic to scale yeah. floor plan of your home it's incredible that's where i go back to canada could be leading in yeah. this right we could yeah. be doing so much and then attracting so many more people to come into absolutely for it right i think i like in my mind i was like if you could take a marketing campaign and just make it about the lifestyle you can have if you come into the construction industry like the 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 money in your pocket, the the debt you probably don't have, like all, and I'm the like home you own, the cars, the whole thing. like how fa- like, and I kind of I remember in Calgary, um, I was talking to this guy from the building show, I forget his name, James, and he was saying like, look what the electricians are doing, and he showed me this 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 website, and it was a guy welding, he was an electrician, but he was welding, and he was kind of working on some panels or whatever the case was, and it was like super hard work, and then it showed him snowboarding on the Rockies. And I'm like, oh, that got me, right? Like, yeah, that would be an amazing lifestyle because he goes home at five o'clock and then he just heads off to the hills. Yeah. I think it's that stigma. I think that yeah. you're selling, you're, I think the younger generation is going to sell, sell it to the older generation, explaining to them that you can actually have a life outside of your construction life. Yeah. yeah. Because we're so consumed. I, and I've told this for the last two years when all the craziness was going on, like, and I was hearing so many people, relationships, marriages falling apart and stuff like that. Don't ever forget your personal life. Make mm-hmm. time. It doesn't matter. Like the job is there. The work is there. The passion's there. But don't forget the personal. Yeah. Focus on that as well, too. So I think that the younger gener- generation has a better grasp of that because they figured out the task at on that's site. That's the awareness. Faster. Yeah. And that's what we want. I want to be taught that. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. You tell you tell any 20, 30-year-old, you have to work 12 hours a day, but I'm only going to be paying you like your base salary. They know how to do the math. To find out that you're paying them less than minimum wage, right? Like, you, you can't get over their head but anymore. But if they can figure out that <laughs> 12 and 4 and still achieve the scope. An overage yeah. and the scope. Then and that means happy. I actually just made you money in your business because you charged for 12, but it was done in 4 and yeah. it was completed sooner. You started another... It just keeps on going. Yeah, that's Dominoes, right. as we talked about in the beginning, right? That's right. That's what they're going to educate us, and that's what, and then we'll teach them this, the, 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 the tricks on the sites, right? Mm-hmm. I actually, I'm, I coach a lot of uh, candidates that go through interviews, and for interesting hybrid style positions, so like a position that's really new to a company, they've never had this person before. I will tell them to bring a business proposal with them to the interview. You're, you're new in this position, you, you've you got some ideas, they're looking for someone who's outside of the box thinking, show them you can think outside of the box, bring a business proposal. How are you gonna save them money? How are you gonna, like, it goes so much better when, when somebody can showcase, I might not work the 10, 12 hours, but I guarantee I can get this job done and here's how, mm-hmm. and here's the layout. I love that uh, Kevin, I think it was on uh, Tools in the Trade program, out by you guys, or no, sorry, out by you. Um, he was always saying to the younger gen, you guys are a brand. Yeah. Mm. Like when you walk in there, you guys are a brand. So start selling yourself as a brand, right? And you have skills and then 
that's how it is. That's how it begins. Yeah. So I guess it's a little intimidating for anybody who's coming into construction for the first time and you see all these professional. Well, it's a, it oh. is an intimidating industry. It is, yeah. There's a lot of moving parts, not the people, just the whole process of construction. It can be intimidating. It is. But when I was in there, I didn't know everything and I still don't know everything, yeah. but I just wasn't afraid to ask questions. So then I could know everything and then I'll still figure out how to ask more questions to yeah. learn something new. State the day you stop having questions, you're dead, right? Like that's the kind of the way you have to think about it. Yeah. I don't know everything. I've done it for a long time in my role and I've built a great business but every day there's something that stumps me. <laughs> every day. And that's when you call me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now you, guys, you guys have a board to answer for everybody. So everyone's got an answer. Everyone's got a question. You keep yeah. on bouncing. That's what I love about it is that you're bouncing ideas off each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're super collaborative. Um, and, and I think we know when to put our foot down and work through a project versus when the ideas start to fly. Um, you know, we want this to take off. We want this to go quickly so we can get people through it but we also want the quality there as well of the program and just looking at the entire board and i'm so proud of everybody on the board they they motor they they get their ideas out with all the strengths that they have and then they motor and um, when something isn't going right respectfully we have a conversation about it yeah. you know there's no egos there's nothing that's coming to the table that's combative yeah. it's communications yeah. stops a lot of yeah but it also stops wasting a lot of time and we're yeah. all very busy busy women who don't have a lot of time i want to ask you guys a question as i get into green book talk here is i've never asked this question um i don't really even think i've asked this question of the men that have been on the show is wh what type of safety boots you guys wear not pink ones no I, I, didn't, I didn't assume that but is there a particular brand that you guys go towards Honestly, I could list a million brands of shoes. I have no clue what the brand my shoe is. It's just there. It's just there. That's it? Yeah. A comfortable, anything that's comfortable. And yeah, I actually, I'm, we're in the middle of a move and I don't have my safety shoes anymore. So I probably left them on site somewhere. <laughs> that's what I just learned. What are the top four construction hazards? Any, any? Fall, fall from heights. Falls, number one. Um, electricity. Number two. Okay, hold on. Um, hazards, like hazardous. Something hazardous. Tools, so something with tools. Mm, cutting off your finger. Uh, well, yeah, caught in would be number four. Okay. And stuck by. Stuck Ooh. by. Oh. <laughs> so I love how they kind of just generalize and you can just paint that whole <laughs> Picasso right there on everything, so everything. associated with everything. that, basically. Right? But I mean, all training materials will cover the four hazards seen regularly on construction sites and we'll focus on the methods uh, to recognize and prevent any of these common hazards. Mm -hmm. That's the reason why. So I just wanted to share just uh, on BC, we're going out west now. In 2021, 58% uh, of workers injured were male. 42% were female. And the average age of workers injured on the job were forty-two. Was forty-two? No, not the youngins. It hits no, you, no, it hits you at any point. Maybe yeah. it's at that stage you start to get a little too comfortable. Twelve percent yeah. of workers injured were under the age of twenty-five. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're being a lot more preventative, which is great. Uh, what is a construction site checklist? Construction checklist details detail specific information of activities and phases in your project. Construction checklist can categorize particular items, materials, equipment, tasks, etc. In a more meticulous manner, construction checklists break down complex activities into simple, actionable components. Again, communication. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Seems yeah. to be the basis of everything. <laughs> 
What else? We're getting close to wrapping up because I got to ask you the 12 questions. You've already done this, so you're all good with that. Oh, so, just me? Yeah. Oh, dear. I say. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we've got Agnes here from NextGen uh, Women Professional and also NextGen-Women.com, NextGenProfessional.com, and Agnes at NextGenProfessional.com. And then on Instagram, it's NGWomen. And the other one is NG, or sorry, Net NextGenJobs. And then we have Leanne here. Uh, you're also part of NextGen Women, and your own is triple uh, W designtheory.ca and leanne at designtheory.ca and on instagram it's designtheory.ca yes what do you guys want to wrap things up before i get into the 12 questions well i think just uh to echo what we said before like we encourage everyone to sign up even though we're not fully launched yet sign up sign up get the information when we're ready to go you'll be first to it and uh we just again want to repeat that we welcome everybody yes Everybody's a part of this group. It's not just for one group or another. And we want to really encourage everyone to feel comfortable to reach out to us. We've got many, many people that anyone can talk to. And whether it's a trade that's interested in an internship or somebody who's interested in mentoring or just interested in being a part of the cause, we're accepting everyone. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Ready? Okay. You, did you see this list or no? You, you seem so nervous. No. That's just I'm not uh, on the spot. It's, it's not right or wrong and it's okay. not technical. It's all fine. You'll know right off the start. What's your favorite construction word? Um, substantial completion. <laughs> what's your least favorite construction word? Uh, deficiency. Yeah, def- <laughs> we'll go with deficiency or change orders. <laughs> what turns you on in construction? Um, well, I'll go back to what I said at the beginning, synergies. So a synergy between, from my experience, architect, contractor, designer, client. Team. Yeah. What turns you off in construction? A messy job site. Dangerous too, by Dangerous. the way. Dangerous, yeah. We haven't been cursing, so we could skip that one. Or okay. you, unless you guys want to volunteer. What is it? The s- What's your favorite s- curse word? Um, I would say my go-to is just uh, probably God damn it. What's your favorite vehicle, anything in the world? Mm. Well, I love my car. I know, I like, I like your car. <laughs> a Range Rover what's or a Panamera. I like that one, too. What's your least favorite vehicle? Uh, any of those electric cars that look like the shape of a June bug. <laughs> so, like, the new, you know all the electric cars that are trying to be SUVs and they're very rounded? Like what, the Tesla exactly SUV with the doors that go up on I the don't side? Like either, yeah. It's it Tesla. looks like a June bug. Tesla. Yeah, it's yeah. like they round out all the electric. I know exactly it's not what just you're the Tesla though. It's a good. lot of the like crossover looking yeah, electric good. cars. They look like June bugs. <laughs> <laughs> what construction sound or noise do you love? Uh, well, I'm very sensitive to sound, so I would say I probably don't love a lot of sounds. Nothing Maybe is. I like scent. I like the smell of wood being cut on a job site. So I could switch senses. We've had people say <laughs> we love the sound of silence on a job site. Okay, that's good. <laughs> what construction sound or noise do you hate? Um, well, a lot, but I think uh, maybe the reversing truck when it takes too long and the beeping, that, that tone really drives Someone in there. Someone should just put a beat to it. Huh? Yeah, I know. It's just, it's the <laughs> pitch. Just, just lay down. <laughs> just lay a beat to it. <laughs> it's always happening when you're in the middle of a conversation. You're trying to sort something out and it's just so distracting and but it goes it on beat, forever. Then you can kind of go with it a little bit. I can bit. see your eye twitching when that oh happens. Oh my God, like, I like hate <laughs> sound. <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day, Leanne? Um, probably law. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Ooh. 
Very diplomatic. You'd be good at that. I like law, lobbyist, very dip- something yeah, like you're that. Very diplomatic. What profession would you never want to do? Oh, that's easy. Anything with little children. <laughs> no early childhood education. <laughs> I think we have an award here for you somewhere. (laughs) And the last question, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? Oh, God. Here's your dog. Meet my dog. (laughs) (laughs) Oliver. Little Ollie. What kind of dog was it? He's like a Havanese Jack Russell Terrier mix. He's He's my best pal. Yeah. Best pal. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much. This yeah. is great. Yeah. It's going to be amazing in a month's time. And, and yeah. anybody will hopefully in a couple of weeks to be out and then people can go online and yeah. sign up. We're super excited yeah. about this. And just yeah. get it started. Yeah. So again, uh, it's triple W. Uh, the website is triple W next gen hyphen Yeah. Great. Right. Yeah. 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 That's it. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you. Angelie, we're out of here. <laughs>